A reading from Colossians 1, 15-17. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Yesterday, uh, we talked about the very humble entry into the world that Jesus took, the form of a little baby. We talked about that on the quiet of New Year's morning, as opposed to the loudness of New Year's Eve. He came in the form of this vulnerable, you know, an appearingly weak form. But we shouldn't forget that who he really is, who he really was. As it says here in Colossians 1, by him, it says, all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He's before all things in him, all things hold together. I mean, this is basically saying this person, Jesus, is the king of all kings. He's the authority of the entire universe. And um, so to me, that makes his humble birth, his humble entry, all the more amazing because he was putting all of this um, power on the shelf and then entering in in this very humbled, almost emptied out way. That's the way Philippians 2 describes it. He emptied himself of all of this power. Now, why would he do that? It's just amazing, you know, to be so vulnerable. And I think we're going to explore this over the next days and weeks of why would the King of Kings enter in so humbly? But it's it, it, to me, it's um, to me, it's the epitome of irony, right? It's this beautiful irony. It's the last thing you would expect. He could have come in with an army. He could have come in with all the political power you can imagine. He could have come in with fireworks. Uh, he came in so quietly, so humbly, so vulnerably. This beautiful irony is something worth exploring, this beautiful, deep mystery of how God enters in. What kind of world was he being born into? I mean, hostile, right? That's the first word that comes to my mind. Yeah, and and, and in our Christmas celebrations and all that, we, we kind of tend to for lay that aside, don't we? we hmm. and, but, but without understanding the nature of the hostility to Jesus, um, we're missing the reason he came. I think in Matthew it says uh, he came to save us, uh, us from our sins, which is, uh, it is a funny way to do that, but he comes into the world as a child, a vulnerable child. And then, uh, you know, much later on, we're going to see him going out into the world. And in fact, uh, the, the, the reason he came into the world was to reconcile all of us to the God who created us. Because we had fallen out of it through sin, uh, going all the way back to the first stories in the Bible in Genesis. There's another thing here, too, which I think carries carried over the centuries into our present time and maybe more now than uh, uh, it was true in the past. And that is at uh, Caesarea Philippi, mm -hmm. um, 
Jesus is uh, by the waters and he's with his uh, followers, his disciples. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he asked them in general, who do you say that I am? Uh, who do people say that I am? Mm -hmm. He starts out with people and they, they come up with a variety of answers. And, but then he turns to them and says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter spouts out, you're the son of the living God. Uh, and Jesus indicates that that knowledge of that claim that Peter makes, that you are the son of the living God, comes from the Holy Spirit. There's something about the question of who Jesus is. Uh, if we're Christians, we have to actually deal with that question ourselves. Mm -hmm. Not what people say, but what mm -hmm. you, in your heart and your mind and your whole body, everything. Who is Jesus? Mm -hmm.